system rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliot president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern bergen county new jersey and i am really delighted to have tracy kulabali as our guest today Tracy is our Director of Recreation here at the Jewish Home at Rockley, but she also is a person who has been through a really personal and challenging experience with COVID-19. And today, Tracy has said she would share her story with us and talk not only about what she experienced, but also her attitude about the upcoming vaccination program. Tracy, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Tracy, you were one of those people I vividly remember when you were tested initially and tested negative and tested negative and kept coming back to work. And I remember you calling me one day and saying, you know what? I don't feel well. I'm going to go home. And lo and behold, that was really the onset of significant, significant COVID for you. You want to tell us about that? Yes. So, um, I, I believe it was like one week prior, I had went out um, to the, I forgot if, um, the name of the company, the place, but I went and got tested and my results came back negative and I was able to get back to work and towards the end of the week, I started to lose my appetite and um, exhibit a cough. And so I remember that day, it was a Thursday, I did ask you, I called you and said, Carol, would it be okay if I leave an hour early? And I left and um, went home. As the night uh, came about, um, I called one of the virtual doctors. It was my first time doing a virtual visit over the phone, but I was explaining to the doctor my symptoms and he said, you have COVID. So I said that can't be possible. I just tested and it was negative. And he says, no, you have COVID. So I went through the rest of the evening as I normally do. And um, I woke up and I was vomiting. And over the course of the night, it got worse and worse until I was throwing up the bile of my stomach. So the next morning, I went into the emergency room and I was seen um, and the doctors who saw me, they told me I had flu, and they sent me back home. Um, so I was home, I think, for two days on the second day. I probably lost a total of 12 or 14 pounds. So I went back, and I was determined not to return home because whatever it was that I was going through, um, I knew it wasn't right. Um, so on the second day that I went back, um, I actually went in a wheelchair and I told the nurse at triage, I said, I can't sit up. Like, you're going to have to lay me down. And she was able to take my temperature, which was 103.5. I didn't exhibit any of fever symptoms. I was feeling more chills. Um, so she placed me in the bed right away. They brought x-rays and did testing. And lo and behold, I was um, COVID positive with uh, pneumonia. It was so early on in the COVID pandemic that, and in New Jersey, where we really were, unfortunately, at the front end of the curve, but people didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So and then you were admitted to the hospital. 
Uh, yeah, they admitted me, and straight f- through the emergency room, they put me on eight liters of oxygen right away. They started treating me, and then I was upstairs admitted into a private room. Um, yeah. It must have been a terrifying feeling, Tracy, especially to be cut off from your family, to really be cut off from everyone. I think even before being cut off to family, um, I was more unsettled with not being at work, Mm. not being here for my elders and my staff. Um, So there were a couple of things that were, were going on even before I even thought of family. You know, I I tell people a lot of times we're comfortable in our setting. I'm used to being a caregiver, and never, ever, ever have I viewed myself as a patient. So um, it was a little hard to grasp I was going to be the patient, someone needing care. Yeah, for sure. The hospital must have been a pretty crazy place at that point, too. The hospital... um, From my perspective, I felt was calm. I felt they were ready. Um, It's a smaller hospital that I was in, um, in Hamdel, New Jersey. So I I felt like they were pretty much prepared. That's good. That's good. So it still wasn't uncomplicated, though. You were in the hospital for a long time. Yeah. And in the beginning, um, I was feeling really bad. Uh, My three older kids, I called them in order, and I was kind of giving them a verbal obituary. And when I got down to calling my last child, my youngest, um, who was getting ready to go to college, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so um, the nurse who was treating me, I remember her name verbatim. Her, Her name was Melissa. I showed her a picture of my youngest daughter, and I said, this is my baby. She's going to college. Do whatever you have to do to make sure that I'm signing an admissions check for her. And um, I still thought throughout the night I didn't believe I would make it. But Mm. that very next morning, the nurse came in, and she told me to get up. You got a a check to to sign. And so that was a little bit of turning point for me. Wow. So they got you out of bed and got you moving. Was that an important piece of this? At that time, I couldn't get out of bed. I was so weak. Um, because I hadn't had food. I had lost so much weight. I lost my hair. Um, it, it was tough. So I was completely bed-bound for a couple of days. Wow. Um, yeah. And you really, at that point, thought, am I ever going to recover, I imagine? Yes, but um, something, there's another turning point. Um, I, I think it's a couple of days in. Uh, I was able to get a text message and there was a video of my peers um, singing Lean On Me. And I cried through it. Um, and then I, I was showing, I was happy that the team was still cheerful throughout everything. And then I started showing the nurses and whoever came into the room, like, these are my peeps. <laughs> so. I, I hope it wasn't our singing that made you cry. We weren't that good. I but I do vividly remember that morning because, you know, we were all standing around in our normal morning stand-up huddle, and it, someone suggested that we do this and that we record it for you. And I will tell you, it was there were a lot of moist eyes in that room as well, both 
because of our fear and worry about you, but also because of our feelings of helplessness. You know, we are all, as you said, we're all caregivers. We do this work because we want to make a difference. And here you are, an integral piece of our team and someone we love both personally and professionally, and we can't help. Mm -hmm. We can't help. But you did. Yeah. Well, that's good. I know we were all texting you, probably bombarding you with text messages and trying to tell you how much we cared, but the the feeling of wanting to do something and being unable to do it, it was really, it was a really powerful emotion, I think, for everybody in so many ways. So you started to get better. Started to get better. Um, One of the things that, you know, I always tell people about, like my mom, you know, she kind of felt she was reincarnated in that nurse who told me to get up. You know, she used a profanity in it. So, and that, that was my mother. Um, But I always felt like my mother built me strong. And in the beginning of COVID, I felt that I was proactive with my team, proactive, you know, separating them. And I kind of wondered why me. And as I was going through my journey, I felt because there's a strength within me that I knew somehow, some way, I was going to get over this. Even when you were discharged, though, was not a smooth path. No. Um, once I got discharged home, I was discharged still on oxygen. I still had shortness of breath, but there were I, I had some issues with my heart. There were no cardiologists, no pulmonologists, no one was seeing inpatient um, people at the time. And so that put a fear in me um, as well because I knew I needed to be checked on. So um, I did have a couple of people that I knew in the event there was an emergency I can call on or I can just come back to work. <laughs> yeah, we got you covered here, right? Yeah, but it's been quite it's been quite a journey. I know when you did come back after being out so long, you still were short of breath and there were still times when and I remember one day sending sending our director of nursing over to check her pulse ox cuz she sounds short of breath to me. Um, cuz we were all very concerned, but you certainly are in a much better place now. Absolutely. It took a long time. Yeah. Months and months and months. Um when I returned, and even when I was discharged, I, I was having, like, low pulse ox, um, and I thought it was going to become the norm for me. Um, and it kept registering low. Even when I was at home, it was in the high 70s, low 80s. But once I got back to work and started my normal movement, yes, I was out of breath, but the pulse ox started to, to climb. Thank so. goodness. Thank goodness. So it was a tough, tough road. Yes. It was a tough road. Do you have any learnings from it, Tracy? You know what? The biggest learning thing that I can take from it is that, and it's something that I say often, like family is not always the blood that you're born into. It's the people and the connections that you meet along the way. Because my peers at work have become more um, in tuned and more interpersonal, my relationships, um, than the ones that 
I was blo- I was born into. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, so powerful. I I came back and I had one aide. She made me a cultural drink from her native country, and she said, "You know, I hope you're not fearful." And I said, "I can't be because you made it with love and you made it as a cure, a help for so me." So beautiful. Um. So I took it home and I I drank. That's beautiful, truly beautiful, because that's the love that you're drinking, not just the, not just the medicinal whatever it is. It's yeah. the love. So Tracy, you know, you and I had this conversation a little bit about the upcoming vaccination program, and mm-hmm. you know, we're hearing a lot from our staff with the those who are I'm definitely in line. You know, give me the vaccine. To others who are saying, no, 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 I want to wait. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know you have strong feelings about this. Can you talk a little bit about that? So one, I want to say as a person of color, I believe that COVID affects people of color very differently. Um, I don't know why that is, but from my experiences and people that I know, we tend to believe the same thing. Um, I think people are fearful of the unknown, but if there's a cure or a supposed cure, why would we not take it if, you know, there's so much negative that comes from, from COVID-19? So um, what I can say to people is educate yourself, as I'm doing. You know, I've read that Pfizer, um, they're 95% accurate, you know, that it, it works for people. Um, it can't hurt more than COVID is, so... Yeah, you, I think you, you really summed it up. We heard the other day a public health physician, and he said essentially the same thing. He said, you know, people say, I'm worried about the side effects. And he said, you're worried about a sore arm compared to having COVID, mm-hmm. compared to potentially living through something that will make you extraordinarily ill or threaten your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the risk-reward, and... The risk, at least as far as we've read all of them, are very small in comparison to what the potential reward is of not just protecting yourself, right, but protecting others. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're going to be in that line to take the vaccine. Oh, I'm hoping I'm number one. (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot of number ones that I think that's great. But I, I do think that you know, you're the voice of experience here. You you walk through the fire and you thankfully came out the other side, but you recognize that it's not just important to protect yourself, but it's also important to inspire people to do the same. And that's huge. Yes. You know what? We, we do this work and, you know, my mother was a nurse for many years and she's always told us anyone who goes into healthcare. You know, that's an important field. You're, you're already important, but you have to be empowered. You have to have accountability. There are people who are depending on us, and if we're not at our best, if we're not healthy, um, we can't do the work that we're set out to do. You know, I feel privileged that what I get paid to do, that's my career, but working with elders, that's my passion. So I get paid to do both. And there's nothing more rewarding for me. And I think most people in our field believe the same. So, 
powerful message. Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today. You are, as always, an inspiration. Thank you for having me. All of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise. Ancestors surround us rise.